What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Benner and Adam Ronis here from Fantasy Alarm. Hanging out here on the Sawdust Podcast Network and all those other places where you can get your podcasts. Uh, what's going on, Adam? Uh, how was the weekend? I, I've missed you. I haven't spoken to you since the uh, MLB trade deadline. How'd your, uh, how'd your mutts do? They could have done more. I mean, they got Javier Baez, so tough to be upset about that. Although uh, Javier Baez, as we are recording, is came up limping running down to the first baseline and he would just kind of kind of just lost his footing before he got to first base and limped off the field so i don't know if they're taking him out my guess is yes but uh yeah and brandon nimmo was in the starting lineup he was scratched still dealing with a hammy so uh look here's the bottom line it's a winnable division although the braves we're aggressive, man. Adding four outfielders. I know it was three at the trade deadline with Jock Peterson the week before. So they were kind of aggressive and uh, adding Rodriguez at the back end of the bullpen. So uh, it's they should win the division, but they have so many injuries right now that it might be difficult. So I just hope that they can and, you know, anything could happen in the playoffs. But uh, I did go to the Mets game though on Saturday. So that was fun. It was Baez's debut. He had a home run. They came from behind. And my friend's son, it was his second baseball game, first at City Field. He went to Mets Yankees early this year. So the only thing that sucked, he was really excited. He wanted to see BP, see if he could go down and get an autograph. But there was no BP. We got there early. We were waiting online. Uh, yeah, no BP because they had a Mets Hall of Fame induction ceremony. So they were preparing the field for that. But um, he enjoyed it. And that's great. You know, I think we've talked about how it's tough to envision kids liking baseball. He was all into it and he's nine years old. So uh, that, uh, even though he's not my kid, he's my friend. So that, that made me happy. Very nice. Very nice. I like that. I like that. Was, uh, was Saturday the, uh, the day they announced Jacob DeGrom was going to be shut down for two weeks. Uh, I don't know if it was Saturday or Friday. <laughs> I, I told you, I warned you. I said it was the first of three conversations we were gonna have, and now, now my chances of uh, of of advancing further in one of my fantasy leagues is probably gonna get shit on because um, I had a hard time with uh, acquiring players via Fab during the trade deadline, and uh, yeah, and uh, and not stocking up on uh, on the starting pitching that I need. Uh, a bit of a bummer there, Adam. Bit of a bummer. So, what's your what's your take on Degrom? Because I'm not, I'm I'm actually bringing it up genuinely. It's not just to troll you. Although, well, like, why, what do you mean troll me part? though, bro? Like, how's it trolling me though? Like, what did I say that was wrong? Because I just kept saying that, you know. I was like, dude, it's just it's it's there's been a problem, and and we're like getting ready to hear that he's gonna end up getting shut down. Yeah, Are you not I mean, worried that he's gonna get shut down? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, you're dealing with an arm injury uh, and, you know, a guy throws 100. So it happens to almost every pitcher, right? So, yeah, you're worried about it. You know, I think the Mets are hoping that the rest will help. Uh, but, yeah, they're going nowhere without them. In fact, they're, they're, they're starting rotation. I just saw a stat. I was surprised. In the month of July, McGill had an ERA slightly over one. The rest of the starters had an ERA over five. So, they have really been a 500 team the last couple months. I mean, look, 
Tawan Walker was clearly pitching over his head. I, I was arguing with someone about that. I'm like, you really think Tawan Walker's on ERA two and a half? He's not that good. And you're seeing it now. Remember, he hasn't pitched much the last couple of years. Now that ERA is in the high threes. Marcus Stroman obviously was pitching at a, a very high level, and he's starting to level off. So they were getting guys pitching beyond what they should, and their offense has been shit all year, man. It's frustrating because I'm like, when are they going to start hitting? And it's the same story because I feel like they have a good enough team to hit, and they're just not putting it together at all. So they're fortunate they play in that division. Uh, but the Braves and Phillies are still right there, and they have their issues too, both those teams. But, um, you know, the Mets are going to have to hope that DeGrom can come back in September if they want to win this division. Because they got, I think they have 11 games against the Nationals, who obviously gave up the farm. But they're probably going to play down to the level of competition and struggle in those games. And they have a stretch coming up. I think it's beginning next weekend. They play the Dodgers and Giants for 12 straight games. Like Giants in, and Dodgers for 12 straight? Yeah, in Cali and at City oh, Field. So, oh, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a dagger in the in the heart. Yes, that's why. So they have these games coming up against the the Nationals and Marlins. Like they can't fuck around. They got to win these games. They got three against the Marlins, three against the Phillies, which obviously is going to be big. Then they got the Nationals for three. Then they got the Dodgers at home for three. Then they go. This is so weird. And then they go to San Francisco, play the Giants for three, go to L.A. to play the Dodgers for four. And then the Giants go back to City Field for three. And then they play the Nationals and Marlins again. So, you know, they got to feast on the Nationals and Marlins, man. You can't play 500 baseball. You know, they did this against the Pirates. They played the Pirates seven games and they won three. You can't do that. And they got the Yankees in September for three. Ooh. The Anthony Rizzo-led Yankees now. Yeah, now he's uh, already a uh, homegrown Yankee. Right. He's, he's, he's our savior. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Heaney's not, I can tell you that. Oh, dude, right? I was like, can, can, we, can we can we add a like the worst pitcher? Like I didn't I, we knew we needed pitching. I, I just mind blown that Andrew well, Heaney was what we came up with. Relax, bro. It's not so bad. He's only allowed four home runs in the three and a third innings. Fly ball pitcher at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, that's gonna work well. I don't know. I don't know who did the research on that one, dude. I have no idea. I have yeah, no clue. It, it's tough, man, when you're trying to find pitching on the open market. Unless you're the Dodgers. You go out, you get Scherzer and Trey Turner and say, fuck everyone. And and, and that's exactly, they did. They fucked everybody. I couldn't believe it, bro. I think, wait, weren't we doing the podcast when that broke on Thursday? We, yeah. What happened was, was as Jim and I were getting off the fantasy alarm show, we suddenly got word that the Dodgers might be in on Scherzer and Trey Turner. And we were like, wow, that's crazy. And then you and I did the podcast. We recorded it on Thursday. And uh, and, and that news broke right then and there. So crazy shit, dude. Crazy shit. By the way, Javier Baez stayed in the game. So we'll see. Oh, well, Wait. then maybe he'll uh, he'll bring you guys back to life because you're losing four to three. Yeah, well, it was for nothing. It was an absolutely nightmarish first inning. But uh, yeah, man, you can't you can't lose these games against these teams, man. Um, it's important to beat up on the Marlins and the Nationals, but you know they don't make anything easy. But yeah, I mean the trade deadline was absolutely insane, um, and that uh, that Dodgers deal, wow, 
Uh, Scherzer will make his debut Tuesday. Like we said, we discussed the pressures on them, man. They have got to, they've got to win the World Series. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's no, like, no, there's zero moral victory whatsoever coming. Like nothing at all. Um, they have to do it. If they don't do it, they're fucking dead in the water. Like, I mean, they'll get, they'll get destroyed by their fan base if they don't, you know, if they don't do that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of like who did a, a good job bettering themselves at the uh, at the deadline. I mean, obviously it was it was tough for me to kind of keep pace with everything, given uh, you know that I was dealing with you know my wife's mom's funeral and all the other stuff that goes with it. I tried sneaking a peek, some shit that I just didn't get, didn't understand. How <laughs> what what are the White Sox doing, man? Fucking Kimbrel and Liam Hendricks. They're, they're, they they just said, fuck you and your fantasy teams. Yeah, I mean, look, it makes sense for them to make the ad. It sucks for a fantasy team if you have Kimbrel or Lee and Hendricks. I mean, I, I think Hendricks is going to be the guy. Uh, they have used him pretty heavily here in the first half of the season. I know there have been times that they've gone to him in the eighth inning and he's gotten five out saves. I don't know how many, but I do remember he had one recently. So I think they've worked him pretty hard. Um, let's see, he's pitched in 47 games so far, 47 in the third innings this year. Uh, so, you know, this obviously makes it easier. And that's just a, a deadly combo, man. Kimbrell and Hendricks, the back end of the bullpen. I mean, I've mentioned, I, I think the White Sox are in pretty good shape here to make a, a run at the World Series. So, you know, I, I felt that they had uh, enough starting pitching where they didn't need to be in, in the starting pitching market at the deadline. They just got Eloy Jimenez back, although he missed a few games with a groin injury. I hope he's back on Tuesday because I spent over $300 on him in the NFPC online championship. <laughs> <laughs> the runner-up was 79, man. I was like, oh, man. But, you know, that's the thing with Fab. And, you know, it's it's good for people with football, too. And, you know, I wrote an article on it for specifically for fantasy football in our draft kit on Fantasy Alarm. It's like Fab is just something that it's very difficult to teach people because there's no script. A lot of it is sometimes intuition, feel, looking at your league. And I had $383 left, um, or $378. The team in first had $383, and I'm second. So I'm like, I have to get this bat, and that's one of my weaknesses. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go over $300. It'll leave me with about $80 with seven weeks to go. And in the 12-teamers, you can get guys for a dollar. Like, I put, I won four other players. They were all for a buck. And I've also noticed that a lot of people in that league have not been active the last couple of weeks. So we get to that point of the year with football where teams check out or give up. So I said, you know what? I mean, it sucks because you sit there and you go, oh, man, if I bid to something, I would have saved money. But but what if what if I lowered the bid to 274 and the winning bid was 303? Then I would have said, damn, I should have kept it. So. It's one of those things that's tough that sometimes you're going to overbid, but I think you just have to be happy if you've got a player you really want and how many players are going to be available down the stretch that can do what Eloy Jimenez does. Pretty much zero. And if it, yeah, so you got to take that chance. So I'm hoping it will help, but you know, and we're going to go through the same thing in football and you, you kind of have to, you know, read your league early on. Uh, you know, the first week of the season, you get a couple of injuries and a big free agent comes out. Yeah, you're going to have to be pretty aggressive. And, you know, especially if it's a running back. Uh, but it is something that takes 
experience. You know, we, you, we can't sit here and give you the exact script. And even when you guys ask us questions after week one and we answer them, or, you know, we'll tell, oh, yeah, about 15, 20%. One league, he might go for 28% because someone's crazy. And in your league, he might go for 11% because they're conservative. Yeah, that's always it's it's always the the toughest to to gauge and you know and even when you guys are reading articles on fantasy alarm where we do that you know we're like yeah he's like you know ten to twelve percent you know of it you have to you have to be able to read the room beforehand and take a look at okay you know who lost who you know who's missing guys who needs to replace somebody how much bid money do they have. Uh, and then, you know, how aggressive are they? Um, I do it more for fantasy football than I do for fantasy baseball. Although um, for fantasy baseball, I partially do it. I, t- I keep a, a fab book where I just basically I take notes on what everybody bid during the course of the week. You know, so that way I can sit there and and say, OK, this guy has now wasted, you know, 40% of his budget chasing saves or this dude is, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's wasted, you know, 30% of his budget, you know, trying to fill that third wide receiver slot, you know, that always just seems to be rotating. And, you know, and you, you learn people's tendencies, you learn what they like, what they don't like and, uh, and who's aggressive and who isn't. And if you're playing with, if you're playing in leagues with these people, you know, on a, on a regular basis, if this is like your home league, well, then you need to start keeping track. So that way you can take a look at that and be like, okay, shit. Now I know it's week one, but I remember last year, this guy was, you know, he was bonkers over this. And so I think it's, uh, it's, it's pretty important for people to, to really kind of pay attention. Yeah, and there's always people in leagues. They love to spend early, and sometimes it works out as justified, and oftentimes it can be an overpay. So as you are in a league for a little bit, you learn. Like I have a friend, he just spends all the money early on. Like it's insane every year. Like he just says, I'm going to spend and make it rain. Like I'm going to stroke cover here after week one, week two. And like it's a complete overbid, you know, and he does it every year. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I've done that though. I've, I've gone crazy, like super early and just fucked with everybody. I mean, it depends on the situation, you know, like a couple years ago, like if you did it on Philip Lindsay, it worked, right? Cause that's the one thing. If you do spend early and get a player after week one and they contribute the whole year. Yeah. It's worth it. Uh, it's, you don't want to fall into the trap of picking up someone especially like a wide receiver that has a big week one. And it's probably because he's the third or fourth wide receiver and he had the favorable matchup. So the team kept going to him and then you spend $212 on him and he does shit the rest of the year. That's what you want to avoid. Yeah. (laughs) And again, that's happened to all of us too, right? (laughs) How many times have you fucking sat there and had to, uh, and, and dealt with that. I mean, you know, and that's one of the big things. That's one of the big problems that people have in fantasy baseball, chasing saves over and over again, right? It's like all of a sudden, like somebody sniffs a save and you're like, oh man, I'm desperate for saves. And they they go after a guy fairly heavily. And the next thing you know, the, the dude doesn't even sniff an opportunity uh, the rest of the way, you know? 
Yeah, and especially this year, it's rough. I mean, a lot of saves did open up at the trade deadline, but some of these teams, I have no fucking idea who's closing. I just have no clue. Like Tampa Bay, good luck figuring that out. Matt Whistle last night, he probably doesn't get a the next save opportunity. Like that, <laughs> that is just that's a nightmare. And they've been doing it all season. It's been their mo, and it's probably going to continue. I know Nick Anderson's working his way back. Uh, Fairbanks just went on the IL. It's just crazy. Uh, so I, that one is like, all right, I'll just stay away unless you want to add someone for a buck and see what happens. But uh, some of these situations are, are are really tough right now. Yeah, I am. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's gross. And I, I went looking through them, too. I was like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out, you know. Again, trying to pick up the pieces from uh, from the trade deadline. And, you know, it's like I'm sitting there. And it's, you know, we're we're all like, you know, we're, we're Jews, so we're sort of sitting shiva after the uh, after the the funeral and whatever. And I'm like sneaking out, trying to like look at shit because I'm trying to like put bids in for for these guys. I'm like, man, I need fucking saves, but you know, trying to figure out who got left behind and where and who's going to be worth it. It ain't good. It ain't good. It ain't fun, and uh, it's it's problematic. It's definitely problematic. Yeah, I spent over 70 bucks on Finnegan. So hoping he's the guy for the Nationals. I uh I got me some Finnegan as well. Uh Anthony Bender for the for the the Marlins. Um he seems to be a guy. I know that people are looking at uh what's his face? Dylan Flora. Yeah, because well. they they didn't they used Bender pretty early in the games over the weekend. So we'll see. I mean, he's been good. You would think they would go to him. You would think. I mean, everyone thought, oh, Bednar's the guy in Pittsburgh. They used him in the eighth the other night. I mean, he was probably picked up in a lot of leagues though before the trade deadline with the anticipation that Rodriguez was going to be gone. But they used him in the eighth the other night. Yeah. Oh, Adam, Adam, Adam. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Not psyched about it. Um, at least trying to sort it out. But listen, that's what we do. Um, I'll probably be doing my, uh, by the time you guys are listening to this, my buzz cuts article for fantasy baseball should be out. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be basically, it's me catching up to the trade deadline and looking at it from a couple of days after the fact and seeing what we're, uh, what we're looking at and what we need to be watching for, uh, for this coming week, at least before you start jumping into fab bidding again. So Tell you what, let's uh, let's pay some bills. Let's do a quick timeout. When we come back, uh, Adam's thoughts on the uh, the start of NBA free agency. Uh, no tampering allowed, but man, it's amazing how many teams came to agreements with players at six oh one p.m. Eastern on Monday. We'll get Adam's thoughts when we return uh, to Annie up right after this. So Adam, first day of NBA free agency. Um, I mean, do you you know? I mean, how intense are you know intense do you track the free agency uh, right from the start? Yeah, I mean, I followed obviously. Um, a lot of money been thrown around, man. You want to play the in the NBA, not in the NFL. <laughs> I can tell you that some of these guys and the money they're getting is just absolutely insane. Uh, Chris Paul. I uh, got a ton of money from Phoenix. Jeez, man. Jimmy Butler is going to be making $50 million in the fourth year of his deal. Kyle Lowry goes to Miami. So 
lot of money being thrown around. Uh, and the Knicks giving Evan Fournier a four-year, $78 million deal. What are you doing, man? Well, let's talk with the with the Chris Paul thing because, I mean, let's face it, down the, the, the stretch of the playoffs, he wasn't very strong. He was very turnover happy. Um, you know, I mean, is there, what is is this just Phoenix saying thank you for for helping us as much as you did throughout the year, or you know, does Phoenix genuinely believe that he deserves this kind of this kind of a payday? I think they feel that he can still help them win a championship. Uh, yeah, he wasn't good in the last couple of games. He was a little banged up as well. I think it was surprising that he stayed healthy pretty much the entire year. Only missed two games in a regular season. I think they were both rest-related too. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, paying a point guard that much money at his age certainly is a lot, but these teams do it. I mean, even Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is 35 years old. He's still very good, but you're know, giving him a three-year deal. So, but just these NBA teams seem to just shell out the money. And I guess now we know why Paul declined that $44 million option. It's like, yeah, I'll, I'll turn it down. You're going to give me more anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just not surprised at the money anymore. It's just like all these players get paid, these, you know, guys off the bench and mediocre players get paid a lot of money, man. It's just. If I'm sitting there and I'm in the NFL, I'd be pissed as hell. I'm like, really? I'm like sacrificing my body for supposedly the most popular sport. The TV money's insane. And you got these guys coming off the bench, six, seventh men in the NBA, making more money than a lot of NFL players. Well, I mean, Evan Fournier is making $19 million a year, bro. He's not even a top 50, 100 player. And Nick Chubb, like, you know, just got what was his bonus was twenty mil, but what do you got? Like three years, thirty. No, he got he got three years, thirty six point six million, yeah. twenty of it guaranteed. One of the best running backs in the sports gets thirty six <laughs> over three years. Evan Fournier, average mediocre NBA player, gets four years, seventy eight. Like it's insane. Um, I don't get it. I, I mean, listen, they obviously NBA. They market themselves beautifully. They don't really have, you know, it's not like when you're sitting there with like football and, you know, and, and baseball where it's like, I mean, they're, they're, they're also very expensive sports to play, right? I mean, you know, you've got big rosters, you got bigger rosters there than you do in the NBA. And, you know, I mean, football's got the cap as is anyway. I don't know, dude. I, I, I don't know. I think I read Chris Paul at the end of this contract in his career is going to make $446 million. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that as well. Oh, my goodness, man. Jeez. We got into the wrong racket, man. How, how, oh, did, how did this sure. happen? Why, why didn't we? Uh, I mean, should we have just practiced more when we were younger? I guess, man. I should have been just shooting, just standing in the corner and shooting. That's it. Instead of hanging out on the streets and chasing girls. So when do <laughs> when <laughs> when do things like really heat up for uh, for free agency? Now, I mean, I mean you're, are we going to see are we going to see big big names sign now? Yeah, I mean, I guess Kawhi Leonard is the big guy to watch. Although the indication is he's going to stay with the Clippers. 
Okay. Paul's off the market. Lowry's gone. Lonzo Ball is is now with the Bulls. So the Bulls are making some pretty good moves here. Jared Allen is back with Cleveland. So yeah, I'm trying to think who else is. Uh, I think Kawhi Leonard, right, would be the next one. Conley's back with Utah. Uh, who am I missing? Am I missing like a big name? No, Kawhi is definitely one. Paul's resigned. Oh, John, eh, John Collins not a huge name, but he's a free agent. He's had a tough time coming to an agreement with Atlanta. Lowry signed. Conley signed. Duncan Robinson's back to the Heat. Lonzo Ball's uh, with the Bulls now. So, yeah, I guess Kawhi Leonard's really the one big name left. Oh, I guess DeRozan, too. Okay. All right. Those are the big names left. That's not, yeah, it's a, not a big. It's not a big free agency class. Right. And, and so they're throwing around all this crazy, stupid money so that what happens when all the big free agents come out next year and the year after? It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, the Heat obviously are, are trying to win it now. Um, I guess they felt two years ago, obviously, they got to the finals and they feel like getting Kyle Lowry will help them and got to keep Butler healthy. Bam's still young. They brought back Duncan Robinson. So I guess they feel like Kyle Lowry. I mean, I love Lowry. He's really good. It's just he's 35 now. So can he stay healthy is the big question mark. And But, you know, he's won before. Uh, he's a veteran. And, you know, uh, he should fit alongside Butler and Bam pretty well. All right. All right. What are you more excited about? More excited about NBA free agency. The Cowboys playing in the Hall of Fame game this week. Or all the fallout from the MLB trade deadline. It's definitely not the Hall of Fame game. The game total is thirty three. <laughs> Dude, like, how do, you're not playing DFS for that game, are you? Me, no, I don't. I don't play DFS for the uh, preseason. For the preseason, yeah. I mean, me oh. neither, man. It's just like, come on, man. That if you do that, you must only play football. In my opinion, right? Like, you don't do anything else. You're just so excited. There's games. You're like, I gotta play something like if you're doing mob playing fantasy why why are you gonna mess around with preseason nfl dude i have no clue no clue why people play preseason like i mean you have to <laughs> you really have to be like a like a, a fucking junkie uh, for playing DFS NFL, if you're gonna sit there and play, like I, it makes no sense to me. Again, Not, I think it's the only. I think it's only if you. That's the only fantasy sport you play, and you've been fiending, and you read all these beat writer articles because you really need to do a lot of research to find out who's playing. It's a crapshoot. It's not like, okay, well, we know uh, Jefferson and Thielen are starting this week. What's their salary? No, you got to dig deep. So if that excites you, cool. Uh, it's not for me. Like. <laughs> You know, like, that's just not for me. So, yeah, I'm not excited about the preseason game. So, I guess I'm more excited about the baseball fallout than the free agency. Since basically most of the free agents signed today. And I'm expecting Kawhi Leonard to go back to the Clippers. So, I don't really think there's much more excitement. I guess maybe trades. If there's any trades. Well, we shall see. So, I'll tell you what. Just a... Just a quickie here today, folks, because I'm trying to get back into the swing of things. I'm trying to 
mentally prepare myself for the rest of the week. There's lots of stuff to to talk about. Um, so throughout the week, Adam and I, we've got the uh, the Fantasy Alarm staff mock draft for NFL. We'll be talking about that. We'll wrap up our Raz Bowl teams and talk about what we did for uh, for for that little best ball action. And uh, and we'll dive into some of the key notable injuries around the NFL as well. Uh, we'll find out how much Adam is going to downgrade his Colts now that Carson Wentz is out anywhere from five to 12 weeks. I don't know who makes that that, you know, gives you that window. But nevertheless, that's what we've got for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Promise you much meatier segment much more uh more fantasy football information again i'm just getting back in the swing of things here right now so uh adam will finish catching me up tomorrow on the annie up podcast thanks so much for tuning in liking and subscribing for adam ronis i'm howard bender we'll catch you next time